Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Afternoon Chai Sessions. Today, we're going to be talking about our experiences growing up with and on social media, particularly through our early Gen Z lens. But first, let's do our highs of the week. So hello, Uma, what was your high for this week? Hi, Anjali. So um, as you know, I've been watching a lot of basketball and <laughs> lately, and the Suns are about to play in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm really excited to watch them. We're recording about an hour and a half from the game, so very excited. Um, now you have big news though, much bigger news than this. Uh, <laughs> do you want to share your high for this week? Yeah, uh, my high for this past week was graduating from college. It's crazy that it finally happened, but about a week ago, I finally got to walk across the stage. <laughs> Yay, I would clap if it wouldn't make a horrible noise. I'm happy for this <laughs> How do you feel about being a college grad? I feel stressed <laughs> because because <laughs> I feel very underprepared. I don't even know if I really know much about my major, but it is what it is, you know? I have that degree apparently, so. <laughs> well, you know, once you get your diploma in the mail, it's official and you you can say that you know what you learned. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> exactly. You made it though. You did it. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Proud of you. Okay, so for today's episode, Andre and I wanted to talk about our experiences growing up with social media because they're pretty different, even though we're only a year apart. Um, We're also going to be talking about how different social media platforms have kind of changed, um, but we won't really be addressing how misinformation has spread on social media because that's a large topic of its own, and we just don't have the space in this episode to talk about that, but we also didn't want to mention social media and growing up with social media without acknowledging that um so when did you first join social media Anjali so I had Facebook when I was about eight or nine years old um I also had my first phone when I was in third grade I think um but when I had Facebook I only had like 15 friends until middle school because I got it pretty much solely so I could talk to my family members um like the ones abroad um, I also had like fan fiction and Wattpad at that same age. And I think I was way more into that, but I eventually had an account on probably every mainstream social media platform at some point. Some I have deleted since. Uh, but to be honest, my mom didn't really restrict any social media um, usage for me growing up. And I remember being really surprised because I would go to my friends' houses and they had restrictions on, you know, like TV channels they could watch and what websites they could go on and how much time they could spend online. And I don't know, but my mom just didn't prioritize it. I don't know if it's just because she was too busy with other things and then she just didn't like emphasize that as much in our in our um in our home space. But I don't know how what we're gonna talk about how that impacted me or didn't impact me. But what about you though? When did you first join social media? Well, I think maybe your mom just trusted you, you know. Not that my parents didn't trust me, but I didn't have social media for a really long time just because they were really scared about what it would mean to have like an online presence because I think they were really afraid of what like if someone googled me what they would find even though I don't know they were just really concerned about what social media meant and because it was just really new for them for all of us I guess because I think we grew up with social media kind of being like a big thing um like we were the early kids on social media um also every time I hear you say that you were on Facebook that early that freaks me out because to me, that feels like so young because I don't know, you're a little baby. <laughs> I was reading Harry Potter at eight and not concerned about Facebook at all, but I didn't even know Facebook was a thing, I think. I don't know. 
Harry Harry Potter's pretty dark for an eight-year-old if you're at Deathly Hallows. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Deathly Hallows came out when I was nine and you were eight. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's wild to think about. We were so small. Anyways. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I didn't have social media until I was in high school. Like, I had, I made an Instagram in my junior year, but I kept it really small. I kept it to mostly like the people that I talked to every day and then um after I graduated I wanted to like stay in touch with people so I like added everyone else from my high school but then with like Snapchat I made it right before we moved in because I wanted to like stay in touch like or I wanted to get to know my new roommates and stuff like that but yeah I was really like late to social media I think yeah that's so different for me um but in reference to what you said about like our parents being scared of like what's an online presence would be I think my mom just um she was scared like I feel like she still instilled fears in my head of like what would happen if you like were talking to some stranger online and all these things like I was still I still had this really strong fear of like doing something um dangerous online versus just like having a Facebook and mm. which can also be intertwined but like how I use my social media I think I was still really I was still really fearful of like the what ifs which I find interesting but yeah um so since you didn't have um social media for so long did you feel like you felt left out of social circles growing up because you weren't on social media or do you think like the pros outweighed the cons in that context I don't think I felt left out like I had a lot of friends who didn't have social media like me or if they did it just it just didn't feel like social media was like a necessity to maintain that friendship I think it worked out because I would see my friends every day at school or at some extracurricular activity um I also didn't have a phone until my freshman year of high school so I would email my friends a lot and use google (laughs) buzz um r.i.p to google buzz it was really fun when it lasts it was fun like you can message people and like I don't even I don't really remember it but I had a good time so I literally I literally don't remember what Google Buzz was. <laughs> I know because you had Facebook, so you would message people on Messenger, I'm sure. But like I wow. yeah, I just I had Google Buzz. I guess that's a form of social media, but I just didn't realize. That's another thing. How do you define social media? <laughs> I think what with what we have planned for today, we're talking about it in purely like Facebook, Instagram, and like maybe YouTube, but but mm-hmm. social media, I think, has taken over like so many other platforms at this point. That's true. Like, do you consider WhatsApp a social media? <laughs> Things like that. It is, of, though. Like, yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah, not not in the context of what we're talking about today, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that makes sense. I also feel like I had a lot of friendships with people like you back in the day. So I definitely put effort, like extra effort into talking to them online somehow outside of like text message um and to be honest I don't think having social media helped me feel more included in social circles because I feel like you can still feel isolated in some other way in a social context you know um I also don't think it was as necessary to be able to communicate online when we were younger in order to make friends because like you said like you see each other at school every day or extracurriculars but in high school and college I have no idea what my social life would have been like if I didn't, if social media wasn't as prevalent in how we communicated with each other and saw like what was going on in each other's lives. Also, like I think Facebook was something we used so much for sorority things just to communicate with each other. So I think, well, by the time we got to college, like social media became so important. I think it just daily things. It's just a way that it evolved. 
Okay, so I'm going to bring up something from Gia Tolentino's book, Trick Mirror, of course. Um, so in the essay, The Eye and the Internet, she says, selfhood buckles under the weight of this commercial importance. And by that, she by commercial importance, what she means is how in present day, we as a society pour billions of dollars into social media platforms to communicate who we know, who we think we are, and who we want to be. And social media has slowly turned into a necessity, like I was saying. So just, you know, like even LinkedIn, you can't network without, like, without LinkedIn, but LinkedIn has turned into like a social media platform too. Um, and like Gio brings up Goffman's theory of identity and how identity is a form of performance and offline our audience is always shifting, like depending on what group setting we're in, but we can also be performing to an Im imaginary audience when we're alone, which is kind of something I think we brought up in the male gaze episode because we're always thinking our imaginary audience as women can be the male perspective, but online our audience is ever present so we're always performing to this like this group of people that we think are looking at what we're doing online even though we don't see them and I guess my question for you is because you had social media from a really young age do you feel that it's changed how you present yourself and how you perceive your own self it's a loaded question <laughs> such a big question uh, I think so but I can't put a finger on it. I don't think I've like, I don't think I heavily started caring about um, my social media presence until high school. And I really started in college and I don't like, like I only started purposefully taking pictures for the sole purpose of posting them online in college and not anytime younger. And I feel like that was a turning point where my, how I perceived myself and like the, the curated, aesthetic of my social media took over my experience with it and like how I was spending my day-to-day -day life but what about you yeah I think I don't know I mean I didn't have it until like pretty much high college but I agree I feel like I didn't start taking pictures specifically to post until the end of high school um I do remember being relieved when I was in high school that I didn't have to worry about presenting myself as someone doing cool things or like I didn't feel like I was obligated to do quote-unquote cool things because I felt like I had no place to like show people what I was doing so I was content with what I was doing and I felt that like I didn't have to have people from my high school like dissect what I was doing and I liked having that barrier um, but then I guess in hindsight I'm realizing that what I was relieved about was the fact that I didn't have to perform an identity of who I am online um but like you were saying I did face that in college and I still struggle with it um with thinking about who I'm presenting on myself as on social media and making sure that I'm being genuine but what does it even mean to be my genuine authentic self you know totally um I I would say I guess like the one thing from like a younger age is like the idea of followers I feel like that like who has a lot of followers and like who's actively spending time looking at um each other's social media I think that that as a concept was something that was instilled in me even in middle school so I think that's like the main thing that was different was like like um seeing other people's Instagrams or Facebook or like Ask FM or something like like people who people were interested in like popular students in the in your class or something I feel like that part of social media and um 
how you're like looking at yourself if you're like a cool person or not that was still something that I think was on my mind a lot in middle school but even then it was way less in terms of like it was more about how um, I was perceived in comparison to others versus like my own portrayal of myself online which I think that was more like the the main point on my and that I was thinking about all the time in college like you were saying um yeah that makes so much sense yeah I think this is like something that I didn't think of until you were talking (laughs) just now um you know how like in a I don't remember when we mentioned this but I did say somewhere that I always had a feeling that I wasn't like I never felt like I was fully accepted by my peers partially because I was Indian and partially but and I, I just kind of like threw myself into just like school and like finding my identity through that and I mm-hmm. think maybe the reason that I felt okay not having social media was kind of part of that because I was like okay well I'm not gonna be accepted by these people fully for who I am anyway so it's like it doesn't matter if I don't have social media but that's just me like overanalyzing my childhood for no reason <laughs> but yeah so it is it's because you're right like follower count and everything like that's something that we still think about you know mm-hmm. and as not as much I'm like trying to move away from that but I did face that in college where I was like what does it mean that I'm coming in from high school with so many followers and this many posts like when other people were posting like very nice feeds and stuff that I just didn't have coming into college so mm-hmm. it was very overwhelming to think about all the time definitely it makes me sad thinking about how much this is how much brain space this has taken up growing up (laughs) um but uh speaking of thinking about like speaking of how we're presenting ourselves online I feel like we were also heavily impacted by the pressures of photo editing and I think we both really tried to shy away from like extreme changes because we've talked about how it feels weird to not recognize yourself online you know but Mm -hmm. when others edit themselves it creates and I think if also creates this false image that we're all subject to seeing on our home pages and it's a bit sad because you can still internalize it even though uh even if you even if you're consciously aware that it's been edited or if it's not something that's like coming to your to your mind when you're scrolling and seeing a post mm-hmm. yeah and I think about editing too I think for us, I feel our editing is limited to throwing on a filter and just making mm-hmm. sure the photo looks good itself. Um, mm-hmm. But I know there are people that really edit their smile, they whiten their teeth. Um, and I think it's just like a like a way to just highlight your own insecurity. Like you're constantly picking apart your own insecurities without even really re- recognizing or coming to terms with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like there's nothing new that we can add to that because how can we fix something that big because in order to address social media's flaws I think we have to address why we have those insecurities as a society and those are just like socially set standards of beauty and then that's a whole journey true and I guess also influencer culture is so interesting to think about because Mm -hmm. I feel like for us we're just creating this like image for people that we see in our regular lives like that's those are people that see us in person later on so that's different but then these influencers are catering to an audience that's just so huge and vast and they might never see them in person and they're creating a persona online that feels genuine and I've been watching a lot of vlogs in the pandemic and I realized that 
a lot of these creators are just well all of them are creating a piece of their they're just sharing a piece of their lives on youtube they're not sent they're not um sharing everything and that's fine that's they don't have they're not obligated to share everything but if they're editing their life to look so aesthetic and they're editing their clips in to make it seem like it's their real life when it's not they're just choosing what they want to tell when they're sharing it's like they're creating a movie of their own life and they're um editing clips in that would fit the story that they want to tell and the kind of identity that they want to present and they're quite literally marketing their own identities and you know the more approachable and they're more authentic they seem the more likely they're about be able to build their own audience and get bigger deals so and they're also young and I feel like they're always changing and growing so the way their identities change is so is like kind of recorded and how they feel like presenting themselves is all recorded and accessible to everyone to see and I don't know I remember I felt really discouraged when I was watching a college vlog and then I was like wait this is not she's not sharing everything that she wants to share she's just or she's not sharing everything in her life she's just sharing what she wants to share so I don't know if that was a long ramble no but it's so true I I think I definitely spent so much time in my childhood watching other people live their lives through my screen and I feel like because like you were saying about how young they are as influencers um I feel like because of their young age sorry um, we often find out about their individual issues and um circumstances growing up with like that pressure to be a specific to fit a specific image um while growing up online but like after the fact and then at that point it's too late to try and make a difference in their individual um lives and like helping their mental health and all these things but and they've also already impacted thousands of kids lives with their altered um you know curated content that they're putting online and that like that discouragement that you felt like there are lots of kids who still feel that way without like that self-realization of this is only so much of reality yeah I think I'm really grateful that we grew up on early YouTube shout out to Ryan Higa and Jenna Marbles <laughs> anyway I feel like we can't finish our conversation without talking about the social dilemma which is a documentary um, we spent a lot of time discussing our individual choices, but we haven't talked about how often those choices are made for us by the algorithm. I haven't seen the documentary yet, but I know you have. So is there anything you want to highlight from it? Yeah. So I watched a documentary a couple weeks ago and um, they definitely talked about a lot of stuff that I think we're all really aware of as Gen Z kids. But um, uh, they mentioned some statistics that I think I was already aware of that made me really sad to be reminded of, um, like the fact that instances of anxiety and depression skyrocketed with our generation, starting around the time that social media became available on mobile devices. But it's it's terrifying to see how much, how, how much that has impacted so many people in our generation. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think like also another point that they stressed a lot about is um, how algorithms are made to keep you engaged no matter what, particularly notifications. They even had this set up in the documentary kind of like, um, you know, when you in Inside Out when the like the like, like the different emotions within the main character are pulling strings to make her act yeah. a certain way. Um, but instead of um, your own individual emotions, it's like the social media platforms that are trying to get you to unlock your phone again and get you engaged online once more. And they're just 
pulling at strings, trying to give you the right notification to, um, and it's not just like generally like based off of what apps you have. It's like, oh, we know that you are really stressed about talking to this person or you're, you've muted this person because you don't want to talk to them. Like they're, they're, they have all this data uh, about your personal life and they're able to use, and they're able to use that to curate the best response to get you to log back on and maximize profit with ads. That's ridiculous. But I mean, I know we all experience that because I remember even like really recently, I noticed that with ads all the time. Like I saw an ad on Instagram for these really cute green pants. So I clicked on it. And then I realized that the website was a fast fashion company. So then shout out to, um, I think it's called Good On You, a website where you can literally look up what brands are or how sustainable they are. So I looked up this company because I hadn't heard about it before. And it was like, it was like marketing how it was really sustainable. It's called cider. Don't trust it. It's not really sustainable. Um, and then I looked it up on that good on you website and they were like, it was like, like negative, <laughs> negative points. It was really bad. Um, they don't really share how they're sustainable. They're just marketing themselves. That's a whole different rant for another day. But um, so I was like, I looked at those pants. I saw that it was not a sustainable company. So I closed out of that website. I opened that website on my Safari. So like, on my computer so I saw it on Instagram but I went online to that website in a separate device however Instagram from then on has been constantly advertising that company like I literally saw the ad this morning and I'm like this was several months ago and I haven't clicked on their content since so I just don't I think the way ads work it they really know how to pull you in basically yeah I'm not surprised. That sounds like the horror story that many of us have been subjected to of um, clicking on one thing and then it all that information being sold everywhere. Um, I also feel like in terms of time spent on your devices, I feel like I've, I use like those screen time restrictions and I look at like how my weekly phone use statistics um, are showing up on my, on my device all the time. And I don't feel like it impacts me anymore because I started off trying to use it as like an active restrictor on my time spent on my phone. But I think with online learning and um, the pandemic and socializing online too, I think it's heightened the use of technology in our everyday lives. So it's like, it's made it even harder to escape it. And I do try to turn off notifications for every social media app. I feel like I was doing this before I started watch before I watched the social dilemma, but it just reminded me more like, yeah, definitely. Every time you're like, maybe it's more convenient to keep them on. Like, no, just don't. <laughs> um, and I think, that helps me because it's, I'm not constantly um, being asked by my phone to like, remember that I posted a photo, whatever hours ago or something so I can go and unlock my phone and go look at who's liked it or commented. Um, But I still feel like that's not enough. And it's hard to see how we can do much more as individuals. Either way, I feel like we really have no idea of knowing how views are calculated or what Instagram is actually tracking. And it's just, it's kind of scary. Definitely. I think um, the other thing that the social dilemma like stresses is that we often think of ourselves as consumers, um, but in reality, we're like the products being sold to advertising companies and our data is being sold to maximize profit. So definitely a sad note to end on, but I think it's important that we try to be aware of these things so we can hold large companies, large social media platforms accountable in our everyday lives especially now that we're not like the young impressionable children anymore that we were first joining Facebook and Instagram and everything at such a young age. Exactly. 
All right. So I think that's everything we wanted to talk about. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And we hope you got to think about your own experiences with social media and how it's impacted you today. See you next time.